0: Dean Evans joins us on this Friday ahead of Champion Stakes Day. G'day, Dino. G'day, Gareth. How are you going, mate? Good, thank you. What do you make of Champion Stakes Day? Because it's turning into one of my favourite meetings of the year, but just trying to work out the form because you've got to work out, okay, then what races are these afterthoughts for a few of these horses? But the prize money so great. So a trainer is now starting to learn to build their campaigns around this race, this race meeting um but before that you've got the cox plate the king charles and races like that uh the everest that have been grand finals for some of these horses so i just find this this race meeting intriguing in a way
1: it is you know and you put the nail on the head it's just an intriguing interesting sort of concept uh, you know very similar to the um international race day over in hong kong in, in december we've got sort of the, the champion sprint in the mile and the uh, and the 2000 meter race, weight raised, $3 dollars, plenty of money. But I think you put the nail on the head. That one of the key keys with horses, um, and particularly at the top level, is um, you know you can only go to the well a certain number of times, and then they're really trying to peak for those you know really really big races. Like you said, the you know the King Charles and the, the Cost Plates and the Everest and these sorts of things. And um, you know a big part I think of doing the form for these meetings is. Is looking at you know where are the afterthoughts um and i think last year you know we had, had some sort of spoil overs uh like rock and horse winning the sprint and um and, and i just think you know you've really got to try to have a look at their preps and see which horses you know might this be a run too far um and i think last year in all cases even the horses that sort of won around well they they didn't run to their peaks at this point and so like you say i think the trainers still getting used to um you know whether they're setting the horses for this race or whether they've already set them for something earlier than the
0: carnival. We'll take a look at the three group ones with you at Flemington tomorrow. We'll start off with the champion Sprint. This is a clash we've been waiting for for a long time now between the Queen of Australian Sprinting in In Secret and the Queen of New Zealand Sprinting, in Imperatrees. Many say Imperatrees is the best sprinter in the world from what we've been able to see from her at Moonee Valley, but she comes... Down the straight at Flemington for the first time, which of course presents a different challenge for her, but she's into $1.85 now with Bet365. In secret, $4.60. Then we go down to a... like uh, the other horse under double figures here. Um, so Imperatory is $1.85. In secret, $4.80. Bella Nipatina is next best at $12. Afura, $13. Star Patrol, $16. is 17 Airman twenty six dollars, Bunnies not just twenty three dollars, and then front page twenty nine dollars. How do you work out this race? Are you with Imperatriz or in secret here, basically? Uh,
1: look, I'm 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 leaning towards in secret. Uh, you know, Imperatriz certainly has, has the runs on the board that's prep. Um, their ratings have been through the roof. You know, she's run just uh, exceptional times in a, a Moya win and a Manicado win, so uh, you know, no question about that. I think um, uh, but she's not a totally bomb-proof horse in the sense that, you know, they've they've been vocal that she prefers going sort of anti-clockwise rather than clockwise. Um, Obviously, this is down a straight, but um, it's a little bit of a question mark. I do see in a very, very early um, uh, form going through New Zealand, you know, the only sort of straight six New Zealand has is is Trentham, and she doesn't have a run down there, so she's really never done anything down the straight. Uh, And what she's taking on here is in secret, who... I'd say is the best straight horse in Australia. She's only run uh, down the straight twice. She won on the Coolmore, uh, you know, very comprehensively, um, and then came out and won the new market. Um, and so, you know, her, her, her straight track credentials are uh, uh, there and exposed. and, and um, uh, she's fourth up here in secret. Um, seven of the last 12 winners have been fourth up. It's, it's a perfect uh, mix and also five of the last six winners of this race have come out of the Everest. Um, and last year, Nature Strip came out of the Everest and got beat the nose. So um, she's got all the right form lines. Um, she, she's a queen down the track in secret. Um, and I just get the sense that, uh, um, you know, with imperatrix bounding along uh, up there on pace, um, you know, in secret's going to have the drop on her. And, and, and I can see her uh, storming out home outside mm-hmm. and, and, and knocking off Imperatree.
0: Yeah, I think I'm with In Secret. More I look at that race i got a lot of respect for trees, and she's been sensational. She's gone to a new level, this, this campaign, even though she was so good last, last preparation. But I just think in secret at the price, they, that, the, the gap's just too big for mine between those two star mayors. And there's an argument to say that, that if she drew a marble in secret, she would, she, she would have won an Everest. Um, it was nearly impossible yeah, for her from that, that gate that day
1: yeah had to be yanked right out the back and that was a day when they were favoring you know on the fence and on pace and she'd come from from dead last, uh, flowing home run to the plus seven point seven of the last thousand which was a quickest sort of day mm. um so she's she's flying uh, we know that and she goes really well down the straight so I think um uh, she also just you get the sense that you know, the everest obviously was a target but this race was also a target for her um and and it was from pear too but in pear trees it's sort of uh, they're giving her best in three runs in a row. And I I just think at the prices, um, you know, in secret, it's definitely a value.
0: I was having a look at this race at Flemington, the Champions Mile that I can't wait for, but there was some, uh, like I was looking at the nominations, a couple of minutes just before nominations closed, there was only four horses in the Champions Mile. I think Alligator Blood was in the Champion Stakes until they said, well, we've got to go into the Champions Mile now. And I think that Pride of Jenny was a late nom as well. So that just got me thinking once again, just to confuse me after finding out that piece of information. So you got Mr. Brightside 250 is the market leader, Fangirl at 290, Alligator Blood 340, Pride of Jenny 17, The Inevitable 23 dollars, Victoria Road 26, Banker's Choice 61. Now, hear me out here, Dino. This is my theory. Fangirl, I want to be with, but I don't know if it's an afterthought and... I'm a little concerned if pride of Jenny crosses to the front, makes it a truly run race that she might be vulnerable and that turn of foot might be taken away from her. Um, but in saying that, I want to be on her because I can't get the King Charles out of my mind, out of my mind. And, I, and the smaller field on a um, firm track suits her Brightside's going to get a lovely run just off the pace back to the mile. Um, and if you go on his Cox plate run and his runs before the, King Charles, he looks awfully hard to beat. But Alligator Blood, he might cross to the front. here if pride of Jenny misses it and dictate terms like he did last year. But then I'm thinking, well, why Why were they in the champion stakes and not the champion's mile and only changed their mind like at the deadline of nominations closing? So I'm just completely confused, basically. Have I confused you more?
1: <laughs> it's definitely tricky from that perspective. this way. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, there's there's there's, you know, Mr. Brightside, Alligator Blood, Fangirl, uh, even Victoria Road, they could have all run in the uh in the two thousand meter race. Um, and so it's interesting to see with the small sort of field that they've um they've elected to come here. Uh, you know, Pride of Jenny makes the race really interesting as well, um, because she only knows one way. So she's gonna put up a really strong speed up front. Um, we know alligator blood can absorb strong speed. Um, but again, you, you know, with the likes of Alligator Blood, I just think Alligator Blood's been up for the Underwood, the Caulfield Stakes, where he, he's at an absolutely breakneck speed, the Cox Plate, um, and again, you know, Mr. Brightside, who's who, who was up since, you know, the PB Lawrence in, in mid-August, uh, winning those sort of races, the Menzie Um seemed a little bit flat, you know, had to go to Sydney for George Main, managed to hold it up, you know, and still run well on the Cox Plate. Now, he's an Iron Horse, if he can run well again here. I do feel like Fangirl is the fresher horse on the scene. Um, she just hasn't had the tough runs, you know. She's been out the back, uh, flying home. They ran pretty soft early sectionals in the Warwick Stakes and the Seven Stakes. They ran really soft, uh, you know. They were ten lengths below par for the first section in the King Charles as well, so she was just able to storm home. And then she sort of got held up on the Cox Plate. So for me, Fangirl is the one with the, the fresh legs. Um, if they had to back one on the race of probably wanting to be backing her um i to just have to be risking with the bright and alligator blood because they have just they've been to the well so many times, they're both fixed up, they're coming back from two thousand. Um and they're gonna have to absorb this really hot speed that I think part of Jenny will, will, will set and they'll sort of be um you know the stewing ducks there second and third. So I'm very keen on Fangirl and mm-hmm. I thought the interesting runner was, was Victoria Road. Um yes. you know has a really, really good overseas form. Um I think, you know, had the feet troubles before the Cox plate, uh blue gale that day, I think the race just didn't quite suit it. I also think, you know, very much more of the mile than the two thousand metre horse anyway, Victoria Road. Um but it's something born overseas. So I think if there was one, you know, fresh horse on the scene, um, I just think, you know, he's, he's an entire, he's a valuable horse, Victoria Road. And I, I can't imagine after feet problems that they'd be running him here unless they thought they would got him right and then he was gonna do something um and so you know i'm, I'm, I'm risking alligator blood and mr bright am backing Girl, i think but i, I i'm gonna have something on like victoria road because it's a professional in the scene with plenty of
0: talent yeah the winkers go on victoria road and they drop back to the 1600 meters so i think that's a, a good plan there from Kiramar and david eustace you take over the training of this galloper now from aden o'brien so he's definitely the intriguing horse or the the horse with the intrigue there i think tomorrow i've Listening to Blake Shinn and talking to Johnny O'Neill and the connections as well with that horse, I think he got too keen in the Cox plate. So mm. um, it'll be interesting to see how he settles and, and then gets into his rhythm over the mile at Flemington. In the champion stakes, West Wind Blows, who's been superb here in Australia since arriving, second in a Turnbull, second in a Caulfield Cup behind without a fight. You look at his numerical form 2 3 2 2 2. I wonder if he knows how to win, however. Jamie Spencer rides at 270, Zaki at five dollars, Prowess at six dollars, Juaz at six fifty, and a tissue at eight fifty. Then we go down to Buckaroo at fifteen, Montefiele at twenty-six, and then big prices for Wetor at forty to one, Young Vertor at forty to one, Zarek at fifty to one, and pinstriped at fifty to one with bet three six five Dino. Yeah,
1: it looks at like... them. Mixed with leaders and back-marketed on this race, we've seen five of the past seven winners. <clears throat> the winner settled in the first three in running. Um, and running. And it sort of suits the likes of the uh, Daki. Um, you know, Proud West up on speed and and Westland Blows. Uh, yeah, you're right about Westland Blows. Hasn't haven't sort of won for a while. I'm not sure if it's the horse or or Jamie Spencer. Um, and and Jamie Spencer's had, had 17 rides here now without a winner yet. Um, so I think there just has to be an opportunity to get around. Uh, West Wind Blows. Um, I'm really keen on Jouet. I think she's just mm. racing so consistently well with perhaps the third and the Underwood third in the Caulfield Stakes. I don't think Caulfield um, is a track that she uh, you know, particularly excels at anyway. Um, uh, she, she came to the Cox Plate. That was a huge run. You know, She was held up over 300, only beaten 1.3 lengths. Um, again, Cox Plate's always the best form for this race. Um, and I'm just very keen on her. I think Jouet clearly on top. Uh, in dark, he's won this race the last couple of years in a row as a nine year old now, so it's hard to dive into him. But he's, you know, on ratings, he's going just as well. Um, and they've been very consistent. This prep, uh, done nothing wrong, and he's just going to camp up there and, and lead. I think proved hard to run down. Although again, the roughie was, was potentially Buckaroo. Um, he just came out of that really, he's got that similar form line to Victoria Road, you know, very classy, uh, entire. Um, Joseph O'Brien stuck here. Um, and decided to give him another run in Australia. I just thought that um, that King Charles race was a, was a funny race, and there were some very, very good horses. He got you know beat a long way. Um, but he sort of got back um, on the slow speed and, and really just started to warm into it late. And His last sort of sectionals um, were one of the best in the race, sort of outside of, of Fangirl and, and Kovalika. Um, he was just starting to get warm. Here's one that looks like it will appreciate the 2000 a bit more um, and so, you know, in a race where so I'm just going to bet around whistling blows, um, I think you know, Dewey on top clearly with you know potentially Zarkin and Buckaroo dangers.
0: Great stuff, mate. Hopefully it's another fill-up for your followers uh, tomorrow afternoon. You've been sensational all spring. Um, good luck, and for all of the SEN listeners out there, it's I keep on saying it each and every week. It's uh, you're backing a winner on a Saturday. If you can go to Winning Edge Investments, go to the membership page, you type in SEN and you get 50% off lifetime, 50% discount off a membership with Winning Edge Investments, mate. So um, a sensational offer for our listeners with your service. Cheers, mate. Good luck to everyone tomorrow. All right. Good on you, mate. There's Dean Evans there. WinningEdgeInvestments.com. Tips and ratings from professional punters Throughout the spring racing carnival, chances are you're about to lose...